0: All right, a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. Obviously, most of you have seen the three-team deal that went down today, so we needed to get an expert on with us. So Dominic Catronio, our Brewers expert, will be joining us today. Let's hit the intro music, Jonas, and we will get right into this. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Jonas, as always. And Jonas, we have a nice three-team trade to talk about today. I know these are always fun to deal with, figure out who's winning, who's losing. But your initial thoughts on the trade that went down today before we introduce our guest, sort of the overall view on the Atlanta Braves, Oakland A's, and Milwaukee Brewers locking up today.
1: Well, to start with what we're going to be focusing on the podcast today, I think the Brewers did a really good job of getting a lot from this trade while not giving up too much. They gave up their number eight or nine prospect, Isuri Ruiz, which isn't really that much in comparison, considering they got William Contreras and two bullpen arms and Justin Yeager and Joel Piamps. So I think from their perspective, this is a really good deal, getting something out of an asset that they got um, earlier uh, in the Josh Hader trade and just really getting a lot for what they have um the braves made another win now move they've been doing a lot of these locking players up i'd assume they signed murphy to some sort of an extension which would make this a better deal for them but i think they did a good job overall if you're going win now and the a's just got a boatload of prospects without really giving up much other than murphy so i think pretty overall not really any losers a bunch of winners um i think it just works for all three teams based on their contention windows
0: Which is always a fun thing to do when you have a three-team deal. Of course, we're now bringing in Dominic Catronio. If you want to introduce yourself to our listeners so they can know. So who are you?
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks for having me. So uh, I am currently the pre- and post-game host on the Brewers flagship radio station here in Milwaukee, 620 WTMJ. I'm also our morning sports anchor currently on Wisconsin Morning News. Uh, I am also spent the previous year doing Locked On Brewers uh, for that daily podcast, and I'm the Bally Sports slash Turner MLB on TBS statistician, so researcher slash podcaster, broadcaster. Uh, I'm a little all over the place, but today's been a heck of a day here in Milwaukee covering this. Uh, we just got off the phone with Matt Arnold as well. Uh, happy to
0: chat with you guys about the really big deal for the brew crew. Sounds great. So obviously the big attention in this deal is that Sean Murphy's going to the Atlanta Braves. But one of the young, really talented players that sort of helped the Braves make the playoffs last year, win the division over the New York Mets was William Contreras. I know he used to play Narcos, as his walk-up song hitting, which was famously opposing Edwin Diaz in that one matchup where the two of them went head to head. But sort of what is your initial thought? Contreras is probably the headliner going to Milwaukee in this deal. He's a catcher, but he also DH'd a lot with the Braves this past season. Your thoughts on getting a nice, young, talented player in Contreras?
2: Well, it's funny because Contreras, I mean, he's only 24 years old. And, you know, 20 homers is a rookie as a DH catcher, all-star. I mean, first time ever all-stars in an uh, all-star, all-star brothers in an all-star game is fun. Uh, Wilson has had his... Uh, antics, I guess I could say, with the Brewers. So, uh, I think w- William's going to have to learn real quick, like, hey, you know, these guys are going to be on my side, and, you know, Wilson's staying in the division, being a Cardinal now, so definitely going to see his brother get booed mercifully uh, here in Milwaukee. So, he has to be prepared for that. I, it, It's a no-brainer. The Brewers needed a lot of help at catcher, because All indications point to, and especially with this deal, that they were going to let Omar Narvaez walk. He's a free agent. He'd been their catcher for the last three plus four seasons. And Victor Caratini is on an expiring deal. He was brought in as an emergency valve when Pedro Severino, their listed backup catcher last season, got popped for 80 games for PED. So it was like, okay, Victor Caratini was never going to be option A. They have a young catcher named Mario Feliciano in the organization already on the 40-man roster, but... Don't know if he's quite ready yet. Now, what this may become, Feliciano may very well still be groomed into catching more by the end of the season, depending on how they view Caratini's future. Maybe they flip Caratini at the deadline when somebody needs a catcher because he is on an expiring deal, knowing the future of the position will be Feliciano and Contreras in some capacity. Uh, This deal to get Contreras to fill a massive need behind the plate was so important for Milwaukee to get done. And not only does it help fill the catching role, it brings right-handed power that they lost in the Hunter-Renfro trade. So everything's starting to come back around and you know maybe swing back in Matt Arnold's favor given very unpopular trades with the Renfro and Colton Wong deal. He's between a rock and a hard place right now uh, trying to figure out extensions with maybe the core three of Adamus, Woodruff, and Burns being in a small-to-mid-market team. So this is a great... Looking to the future move, keeping a guy on a rookie deal. He's pre-arbitration. He might be a super two at the end of this year, but man, they're they made a great, great, great deal here.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, clearly you sound super high on the return for what you got. What do you think of the player you gave up? Um, as to a I know he was a relatively high-ranked prospect, but doesn't seem to be like the, the huge headliner type. The the Brewers
2: are dealing from the depth perspective in that they have a overloaded outfield in AAA right now, uh, and also their future top prospect in these upcoming offseason. His name is Jackson Churio. He is going to be a top five prospect in all of baseball, let alone number one prospect in the Brewers. And he's a high A, double A left fielder. So you look at the Brewers right now, they've got him coming. They've got Garrett Mitchell, who had a great September in his first rookie year. You've got Sal Freelich, who was their first-round pick in 2021. You've got uh, Joey Weimer, who's a man-child. Looks like he should be playing a linebacker. He could be the right fielder of the future. Uh, And then you had Ruiz, who was acquired in the Josh Hader trade. You're not as attached to him because he wasn't in your organization from the beginning. And a lot of folks want to point to that Josh Hader deal. And there's been a lot written about it in the last few months. And look, I, I said... There's gonna be a lot to talk about this hater deal, but you never know what's gonna happen come off season, come development, come things like that. And at the end of the day, the Brewers feel more excited about their other outfield prospects than they do Estee Ruiz. It doesn't mean that Ruiz is gonna be a bad player. It just means that maybe Ruiz doesn't fit their picture moving forward. As Matt Arnold put it today, he fit our mold of we like to get athletes but they acquired an athlete in William Contreras. So when it comes to Ruiz, he's a speed first guy. And as the saying goes, I had a couple of evaluators text me today saying, look, you can't steal first. He doesn't hit the ball hard. He, you know, he doesn't, he he can speed. He's an 80 grade runner without a doubt. But at the same time, you can't steal first. He had one of the lowest hard hit rates in all of professional baseball last year. Over 80 stolen bases though, but will it translate into the big leagues?
0: And then obviously, you've also mentioned the name Matt Arnold, the Brewers sort of head baseball guy. Now that David Stearns has taken more of a backseat, sort of front office executive type role with the Brewers, Arnold made a couple interesting moves. He traded away Colton Long, he traded away Hunter Renfro. So you sort of said he needed that pick me up, good feel, good vibes type of move. Do you think this accomplishes and sort of what is the feeling in Milwaukee? I know David Stearns is one of the more popular baseball names, at least for, as a Mets fan, I've heard the name David Stearns mentioned a couple of times now, but what's the feeling about Matt Arnold in general in Milwaukee? Uh,
2: He, like I said earlier, he's between a rock and a hard place right now because David Stearns stepping down into the advisor role in the fashion that he did caught everybody off guard. It's not that Matt Arnold's not prepared for this moment. It's just maybe I think folks thought this was going to be more of a ceremonious kind of a, Hey, congrats to David Stearns on to the Mets or to the Astros, wherever he was going to end up going, not a, Hey, I'm burnt out. Let me hand it to my number one right-hand man. So uh, I think with Matt, he's been in the organization for a long time. He's very, very well respected. I'm a big fan of his just chatting with him during batting practice. He is a guy that has led small market teams to success. The, the flip of that is the Brewers are in a real window of contention right now. And, Will Matt Arnold spend the money to keep that window open, or is he going to make more moves like this in order to just try to maybe hold it open a little bit longer as opposed to throwing money at it, maybe adding another plank to the window to keep it open for a little bit longer? So, when you look at what Matt Arnold's done with Renfro and Wong to the naked eye, it says, Oh, it's shedding salary. So, you wonder, is there something bigger coming, i.e., an extension, uh, a free agency sign? Because still to this day, the Brewers are one of the only teams to have not signed a major league free agent this off season. So they've signed minor league free agents, but they have not signed a major league free agent yet. And it's going to be interesting. Granted, part of the reason they haven't done that is because the team's pretty set. I mean, they've got almost everybody returning from last year. So I try to tap the brakes when people say that, but it is the truth. This team until this trade today had a hole at the plate, still, this helps in the relieving core, but had a hole in specifically left-handed relievers, and they still need to figure out playing time at first pace and playing time in right field. It sounds like the kids are going to play next year for the Brewers, and they could be a very exciting club in 2023.
1: Yeah, nice. So following up on that, you talked a lot about like what the Brewers could do. What do you think they're going to do next? They have a lot of options. As you said, they could go more win now. They could go shed salary. So what do you think is their most likely move? Him, that kind I of think.
2: When you look at the next two years, so Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Willie Adamas, the core three players, the three best players on the Brewers, are all under team control for their last two arbitration years, these next two years. Let's be honest. Corbin Burns, after seeing the contracts being, I mean, Zach Eflin getting $13 million a year. Congrats to you. Congrats to your agent, <laughs> Zach Eflin. Corbin Burns is licking his chops right now, man. Like, I'm like, there is no way the Brewers are going to be paying $25 million, $30 million a year for Corbin Burns is he's going to be young. He's going to be 30 years old when he hits free agency. He's going to get paid. So the Brewers are probably not going to be able to afford that. I wish it wasn't the case. Uh, you know, I'm talking to a couple of Mets and New York guys here, so I know the deal with, with uh, money just an object. But here in Milwaukee, it's a little more than that. It's frustrating, but it's the truth. Uh, when you look at Brandon Woodruff, he'll be 32 years old when he hits free agency. And the age curve just hits flamethrower is harder than ever. Granted, Woodruff's injury history is nearly spotless, uh, especially when it comes to the shoulder and to the elbow. So maybe that encourages maybe giving him an extension. He would imagine he'd be slightly cheaper, but he's probably going to be asking at least twenty to, 20 to $24 dollars a year, depending on how long you get him for. And then it comes to Willie Adamas, and all eyes with Willie are on Dansby Swanson right now because they profile out almost the exact same player, similar war, similar defense. Uh, similar in age, Willie's a little bit younger, but when it comes to whatever Dansby's going to get this offseason, is probably going to be the starting bit, assuming Willie stays on this track of what Willie Adamas is going to be asking for in an extension or into moving into the future and things like that. And the Brewers will have to be creative as far as deferred money, as far as what do they need to do elsewhere onto the team, because last year's opening day roster was the largest roster they've ever committed payroll wise in the team's history. Right now, they're saving about 20 million compared to that year over year. That still gives them room to sign somebody, create an extension, create a message to the rest of the league saying, hey, we're for real. We want to keep this core open. But the caveat to all of that is their next top prospect, Bryce Terang. He is set to be the second baseman replacing Colton Wong this year. He's really a shortstop. So there is an heir apparent like a Correa and Pena sort of dynamic, like, hey, this is the guy that's going to replace you in two years. I hope you're friendly with them. So who knows what's going to happen with the Brewers? I think that should be next on the list. Sign one of those three guys before they get too rich for your blood.
0: I like it. And then obviously one guy that we know for sure is going to be a Brewer, at least for a long, long time, is Christian Yelich. I've heard things. Some people say he's one of the best players in baseball. He's just in a two year slump right now. And then I've heard other people say this is one of the worst contracts in baseball right now because he can't hit and it's not getting any better as a guy that watches him every single day. You definitely have a better understanding of him as a player than any of us. So is it sort of somewhere in between those two is MVP Yelich potentially going to make his reappearance in 2023? Or is this sort of an albatross of a contract that you're not going to be able to get out of?
2: I think for Yelich He's just as mad as every fan, every analyst, every pundit that has said, oh, he's a bus. He stinks, all this stuff. Look, when here in Milwaukee, when that trade was announced 2020 before the world ended, you know, remember that was spring training right before everything went down in 2020. It's like, oh, my God, the Brewers finally did it. They signed the superstar. The small market team did the right thing. They kept the guy. They weren't going to deal with the trade rumors all season long. And everyone said, oh, my God, they got him for a bargain because there was deferred money at the end of it. So to see this version of Yelich, you know, with back issues now, back issues never make me, you know, anyone excited. That's so I mean, just think about you waking up with a bad back that ruins your whole day. And I'll try to play baseball with that. So there have been some injuries in regards to Yelich. One thing I know for sure, Yelich is going to play his butt off. He's going to be the guy that. He's going to wear it. He talks in the media every night, win or loss. He understands his role uh, as the highest paid player in franchise history. When it comes to the slump that he's in right now, the Brewers aren't asking him to be MVP Yelich. They're asking him to be above league average Yelich, which is what he was last year. And finding him in the leadoff spot may have really saved things for him for his confidence and his psyche. They moved him to the leadoff spot in mid-June last year, and the team was really struggling. Uh, trying to find some offense, trying to find some roles. There were some injuries in there, too, while Colton Long was hurt. And Yelich, he profiles well as a leadoff hitter. He takes a lot of pitches. He draws a lot of walks. He can steal a bag. He stole double-digit bases this year. And I think with the shift rules coming into effect in 2023, he's somebody that maybe now, hey, I can pull the ball again. I don't have to hit this slap single to left field and to try to use my speed. Hey, I can pull the ball to right field now all of a sudden. I won't have to worry about a guy in shallow right field anymore. I'm not saying MVP Ellis is going to come back, but I'm ready to say right now I think he's going to hit above league average. He's going to be a, a plus 100 weighted runs created plus type player next season. It would be nice if that was like a 120 or 130 player for the Brewers, but I think it's going to be more like a 110, 115 type player.
1: Yeah, so that certainly profiles well for the Brewers going forward. Um, another player who could uh, experience changes with the shift gone is someone like Rowdy Telez. How do you think that's going to affect him overall and how that how will that affect the Brewers in general in terms of like who they're going to play and just overall roster construction-wise?
2: Rowdy and Keston Hira have a very interesting battle going on at first base. So this coming spring training, Keston Hira is out of options. He's virtually a lock to make the you know the active roster coming out of spring training. And he, as of now, is your backup first baseman and your backup second baseman. The problem is Keston Hira has reverse splits. Rowdy Teles is left-handed and can't hit lefties. So they need to figure out what's going on behind Rowdy. I think At the start of last year, folks were very excited about the development of Rowdy playing every day for the first time in his career. And he managed lefties in 2021. It wasn't like he was tearing the cover off the ball, but he managed lefties. And it just took a total turn for the worse in 2022. In my opinion, he ran out of gas playing every day. He was one of the only players that didn't spend any time on the injured list for the Brewers last season. Uh, He missed a couple of days with a knee thing, and I think that injured him more than he let on in the middle of the season. I look to Rowdy to say make the adjustment against lefties. Maybe a Mike Brasso will get a few more looks at first base on days that they're facing a tough left-hander. Brasso is already back uh, avoiding arbitration with, I believe it was like a $1.8 million deal or something like that. But for Rowdy, they love his glove. I agree with you about the shift being impacting him. And remember the dead ball saga last year and all the reports (laughs) that we saw about that Rowdy was impacted by that more than any other player. Uh, He had, for the first two months of the season, he had the highest expecting slugging and actual slugging difference in a negative fashion than any other player in baseball in the first two months. So that that brings shifts into play. That brings the dead baseballs into play. That brings the cold weather that obviously the NL Central has to deal with more than any other division. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how rowdy adjusts to the shift. And I mean, he's a speed demon, remember? Maybe you'll see another stolen base from him this season as well. You we got to look out <laughs> for that, too.
0: And I don't know how I just noticed this, but to your right, or I guess left, depending on where this image is mirrored, is that Dallas Braden with the Oakland A's? It
2: sure is. So again, this is the perfect day for me to talk about the Brewers and A's making a trade. Yeah, 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 I've got the Dallas Braden. (laughs) Perfect game. It's signed by Dallas. Uh, I've, I've been in the Oakland A's organization. For those who may recognize the last name, my dad's one of the radio voices of the Oakland A's, Vince Catronio. I've grown up with the A's since 2005. Dallas was always one of the nicest dudes to me in those clubhouses over the years. And it's actually signed with an inscription. It says, Dom, keep that tight uh, that golf game tight, bro. I'm coming for your <laughs> money. And I can proudly say he has not come for my money. Uh, yeah. So Dallas is a great dude. And I got the American family field right here to my right as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I guess we have these three questions since the since the podcast is called side retired. And obviously for people who don't know baseball three outs and the side is retired. So we have three, Fun questions here at the end for you if you are ready to get into those and then we can officially retire the side if that sounds good bring it on all right so the first one is this year we saw the dodgers reporter slid down the bernie the brewer slide and he ended up i believe it was either like fracturing his arm or breaking his arm or something to do with that have you ever stared up at that slide and said i want to go down that or is that injury basically the red flag never touched that slide in your career two things i
2: was in the ballpark when that happened uh The sigh, man, this boy, I'm so, (laughs) I feel so bad for him, man. It's great content, though. Tremendous content. (laughs) Joe Davis and Omar were hilarious on the broadcast. Uh, He he handled it like a champ. Uh, Man, I also am terrified of heights. And (laughs) that stairwell walking up the slide is see-through. It's a great. So they literally tell you, and I know the in-game team really, really well, and uh, Amanda and Nicole, they literally tell you, don't look down. And knowing my dumbass, I would look down. So I am not going up there. Uh, kudos to everybody who's done it. We had a couple of injuries out there this season, um, but you no, know, I would never do it. I know Yelich did it this year, but hard pass for me. It's cool for
0: Bernie. I'm good. <laughs> the second one is of course Milwaukee is famous for having the hot dog sausage race in the outfield during the game. Have you ever had the experience of doing that or again would you want to do that and potentially win the race or also potentially fall on your face in front of 25,000 viewer fans
2: i would love to do it first and foremost (laughs) problem is i'm working during the game it's a little hard for me to get down there quickly enough (laughs) another thing if you look behind me here i'm gonna grab it i got my my plush chorizo uh of the sausage race here as well this was a gift from one of our guys on the crew but um I wanted to do it really bad until I saw John Boy like snap his hamstring doing <laughs> it last year. Um, I was joking with him about that earlier this year. So he's fully healthy. He's good. But the thing about the chorizo one, which is the one that I would want to represent, I'm half Mexican. I would want to be chorizo. But the problem is, it's the slowest one because of the sombrero. The sombrero <laughs> is so heavy; it's like not aerodynamic. It like flips you up. Uh, so I've seen I've seen that happen a lot. Maybe you got to do it on the day with like the mini weenies on Sundays during the summer. (laughs) They have kids be the mini weenies as the final home stretch. So I just got to hand it off to the kid. Then it's I'm absolved of guilt. It's not my problem anymore.
0: (laughs) And then of course the third potentially funny story that we have to ask you about is when Joey Gala was traded, we had a Rangers reporter on who said he found out by getting called by his mom in the shower and he ended up crying in the shower for 20 minutes. So when Josh Hader was traded out of the blue, last year maybe you were at the ballpark or maybe there's a funny story but how did that news break to you obviously he was a big superstar in milwaukee so what was your immediate story instant reaction when you found out that news
2: uh if if you really want to laugh here's here's exactly (laughs) what happened i was on a first date at a coffee shop when that trade went down and like my phone was in my pocket and it's just melting in my pocket you know like i'm trying to be polite not look at my phone buzzing not look at my phone buzzing and finally, I just say, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. I, maybe someone's really trying to get to me. And then it's just all josh hater stuff people talking about it and it's just like oh no oh no i gotta go I- i'm so sorry like luckily we were at the end of the date anyway but like i'm so sorry i have gotta go cover this now this is major breaking news uh there was a second date there wasn't much more beyond that so i blame josh hater on that one I'm just no 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 uh but it was really funny actually when all that went down i had to run back home get an article ready because they, ga- they were off that day i was so excited to just have a date and not talk about the brewers <laughs> you know i have this date lined up i'm all good and, and then uh, at the time david stearns drops a bombshell on me so that was my funny josh hater trade day story
0: i like i think that might beat the shower story jonas <laughs> yeah I, that's pretty good Yeah.
2: So that was that's a fun way to realize, like, oh, yeah, journalism, working in sports. There is no clock. There is no clock in (laughs) clock out. You're always on the clock.
0: (laughs) Baseball is a 24 seven. Baseball is our first lifestyle. Baseball is our life. I know when Jacob deGrom left the Mets, I said this is worse (laughs) than any possible breakup imaginable. And well, baseball is at our core of our hearts. And obviously you as well with the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, Jonas, unless there's anything else, you want to throw. And I think we did a great job for all of our listeners who are now getting a better understanding of the Brewers, all the fun that happens in Milwaukee and all of the exciting things that could come with William Contreras, potentially being the catching solution or at least maybe DH solution. We'll see how that situation resolves itself with the years down the line. Enjoy Narco because as a Mets fan, I know that is a great walk-up song that Edwin Diaz uses and William Contreras tried to use with the Braves this past season. It'll be interesting to see if he brings that with him.
2: Yeah, there, there aren't many great walk-up songs right now on the Baruch crew, uh, especially now that Colton long has gone. He had a good <laughs> reggae slow down song. I'm trying to think who – I mean, Hater used Jay-Z. Uh, actually, you know what? Corbin Burns still has the best walkout on the team. He uses uh, Friends in Low Places by George Strait. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I know y'all are in New York, but it's, it's <laughs> a pretty big hit out here in Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: awesome well jonas unless you're all good we thank you so much don for hopping on with yeah. us appreciate all the fun all the laughs all the insights and hopefully david stearns and matt arnold will not try to disrupt another first date in the future with the blockbuster trade this off season <laughs> thank you guys thanks for having- Great news! Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code Pod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the NFL and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired podcast. Well, a great episode just now. Jonas talking to Dom a lot about the Milwaukee Brewers. What were your thoughts on today's interview?
1: Yeah, it was great to get a perspective we might not usually get here in the Northeast. So of more locked in on the Brewers themselves. And yeah, just generally a different perspective. Some really funny stories, especially with the Josh Hader story. That was really good. I think overall, really successful interview. Learned a lot about the Brewers and just like baseball in general. And
0: yeah. Awesome. And of course, we will be back later in the week. We're trying to get another perspective. Obviously, since this is a three team deal, we might get an A's or a Braves perspective. Otherwise, we will be back as always with our normal Wednesday and Friday episodes, plus another interview coming up later in the week. So for Dylan and Jonas, as well as James and Jack, until the next time, the side is retired.